San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear me, Jenny Scholick, in conversation with recently promoted principal dancer Wona Park. This episode was recorded on April 29th, 2020, and is being released now in honor of the San Francisco Ballet School's Spring Festival, which was supposed to happen this week. Because of COVID-19, the Spring Festival is happening in a sort of virtual form as we're releasing video, including video of Wona dancing in the 2017 Student Showcase, as it was then known. And so it seemed appropriate to release this interview today. Um, Hope you enjoy this little uh, look back at life a few weeks ago and this time capsule of shelter in place and what it's like to be a recently promoted dancer. Hope you enjoy. All right, there we go. So um, thank you, Wona, for joining us today to do this uh, Meet the Artist interview. It's been really fun. I've gotten the chance this week uh, to talk to several of the dancers who've recently been promoted and get to know you guys a little bit and share your stories with some of our audience members. So I'm really thrilled we get to do that. And of course, so many congratulations on your promotion to Principal Dancer. Super exciting. Um, I want to start by just sort of acknowledging that this is a weird time that we are in. Um, we are doing this interview by Zoom instead of in person. I would much rather be doing it in person. Um, but where are you in the world right now? How are you holding up? Yeah, currently I got here about a week ago. So I'm at home. I can go out for a week more, but I'm doing great. It's nice to be home. You have like your mom cooking for you and stuff, getting to, yeah, home cooked meal is always a nice thing. Where, I know I follow you on Instagram, so I know you have a little dog who's very, very cute. Where is he right now? Did he come with you? No, he didn't come with me. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one thing I'm sad about to be home. (laughs) He's back in San Francisco. All right. Um, have you been dancing much as you've been home or taking a little bit of a break? What's that looked like for you during this time? Taking classes like, like three times a week or more sometimes, but yeah, it's really amazing. The Zoom classes we are doing, it feels like we're still working together and it's really motivating. Yeah, it's nice to still be able to kind of all see each other and come together. But, okay, but the time difference. Like, are you still taking, like, San Francisco Ballet's company class in Korea? Or are there classes, like, on Korean time that you're doing? When I was back in San Francisco, I took took those Zoom classes, like, live classes, but... Here I can, so I'm taking classes with recorded videos on YouTube or Facebook. Yeah, it still feels the same. (laughs) (laughs) It's good, yeah. I've been helping um, San Francisco Ballet School do their Zoom classes, and we have one student who's been Zooming in from Asia. And every time I see her, I just think, 
it is two in the morning. <laughs> like that is serious dedication. Like I loved ballet when I was dancing, but not enough to get up at two in the morning to take class. <laughs> so I'm glad you're getting some sleep along with uh, class. So um, I want to kind of go back to the very beginning. Um, you know, you're in Korea now. I imagine that the story starts there um, and let our audience kind of get to know you and a little bit about your training and how you got to San Francisco. So take us all the way back. How did you first get into dance? Where did you start dancing? I started learning ballet from small ballet studio, the studio I grew up. When I was seven, I think, my mom and grandma just sent me to ballet studio because I love, I love playing sports and just like running around. <laughs> I was very active. So that's how I started. And I continued training there until nine. And I decided that I wanted to be a professional dancer. So my family moved to Seoul for me so I can get better training and I can get into art school. So mm -hmm. I went to art school when I was 13 and I continued training there until 15. It was, I taught ballet like Russian style, Vaganova style since I started ballet in Korea. And then in 2015, I guess, I was 15 and it was first year in Stonard High School for me, and I wanted to go to school in America or Europe because I, I've always wanted to go to ballet company in America or Europe. So my mom and I started searching some auditions for school, and we found a San Francisco ballet summer program, and. It was actually amazing and surprising that I got in the audition because we found that audition a day before the due date that we had to give them the video. So oh my we, goodness. Yeah. So we filmed the video that day and I had to do everything on point shoots, like bar and center, which I've never done before. But really typical right for Russian training you usually take class in flat shoes and yeah. in states often it's more sort of balancing influence that you'll at least do center on point or sometimes the whole class so the requirement for the audition tape was the whole thing small studio and somehow I managed to just make all the stuff by myself and just kind of did it and my mom filmed and edited all the video. So it was not a great quality, <laughs> but we sent it and I did not expect me to get in at all, but I did and even got a scholarship. <laughs> so it worked out. It all worked out. Sometimes I guess it means you don't you don't always need the most professional uh, audition tape, right? To see the talent. I want to ask one thing, um, and then I want to come back around to San Francisco Ballet School. What, you know, here in the United States, kind of like 
every little girl when they're like three or four years old, their mom puts them in ballet class and you like, you know, it's like creative movement. You like wear your little tutu and you run around and you like dance to music. Is it like that in Korea as well? Like what is the kind of like ballet culture for like kids in Korea? Like that in Korea as a kid, definitely. But it wasn't like that around like teenager when you get into teenager they want you to study like typically something like that but it's getting more and more in these days even like adults wants to learn ballet so yeah but like all the moms want their girls to learn ballet I think <laughs> yeah when you're little right but yeah then it's it's really I think that's true here too right once you get into kind of 13 14 yeah you know it gets more serious like you're gonna keep doing it it becomes a lot more serious than yeah and I remember my primary school had like ballet classes too so yeah it's good it's good um so you send in your audition tape you're 15 you come to the summer program was that kind of your first experience really dancing outside of Korea or had ballet already kind of taken you around the world in different ways? It was in a way, but I did a lot of international competition. So mm-hmm. I was a little bit more comfortable, but also I've never trained ballet outside of country. So that was very new. <laughs> And did you, did you come by yourself or did your mom come for the summer? What was that like? My mom came with me for like a week, a week before we started the school. So kind of like sent me out with like the dorm and everything. But after that week, I was all by myself. <laughs> that must have been an adjustment. So were you out at like, like SF State or were you in Jackson for that first summer? Jackson. Yeah. So you were like cooking for yourself and all of that kind of, what was, how was that? Did you take, or was it a little challenge? <laughs> yeah, cooking for myself. I, I've never cooked before. I came here, so that was definitely a hard thing because after school, we were all just exhausted. So I was just not eat or just eat outside every day. But I started to get used to it and I started cooking with friends and it become like one of the fun things to do. That's nice. And had you already, you were only 15, so had you already finished kind of high school or were you still doing school as well when you first got here? After I got in the program, I quit my school and came here. Yeah, year after in the summer, I finished my high school. Okay, so you were pretty much, you were pretty close to done with your academic school at that point anyway. So you spent two years in the school here, um, one year in level eight and one year as a trainee. Is that right? Yeah. Um, What were some of the highlights of that time? What are some things that kind of stand out in your head? Um, in my first year, I got to do the courser and 
researches piece in the student showcase, and that was definitely something that made me play or yeah. <laughs> and it was it was very big for me. Like I was very shy and I had no friends at first, but I after we got to do that piece, everyone started kind of noticing me. <laughs> so yeah, it was and it was really great piece too. And after that year as a trainee, we got to do a lot of pieces. We did miles piece and I got to do donkey padadu. Serenade. Yeah, that was, I did a lot of pieces. It was very amazing. Yeah, you had a lot of performing opportunities in those couple of years. Do you, I rem, I, I've chatted actually with some of the school staff and they also said, you know, the moment when we really knew there was something special about Wona was that Parish Maynard piece at Showcase. You know, all of a sudden everyone was like, oh my goodness, like look at that girl. Do you feel like you're someone who really comes alive on stage? Like, do you prefer performing to rehearsing or are you someone who like loves to go into class and be in the studio, but gets a little nervous on stage? Like, do you prefer one to the other? I prefer to be on stage. <laughs> in the studio, I'm kind of just like quiet, doing my own thing. And yeah, I'm more expressive when I'm dancing mm -hmm. than and just talking and rehearsing something like that so that definitely made all the steps and people in the school noticing me yeah yeah it's i think that's i always think it's interesting because i feel like it's not it's not true for everyone but for a lot of professional dancers it's like that right like you're the kinds of dancers who really just want to be out on stage and like have that finished thing, you know, like I didn't dance professionally. I was someone who loved to be in the studio. Really? Like I got so, yeah, I loved it. I loved rehearsing. I loved class. I liked, you know, but like put me on stage and I would freeze up. Right. But I think for professionals, it's like you get on stage and you, that's when it all kind of clicks together. Right. That's what, like when that magic Especially like when people see me on stage and just like in normal life, they're like, I don't know how you do that on stage and in normal life, so calm, <laughs> like quiet, <laughs> and on stage like crazy. <laughs> but it's more for me like that. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that that I I do. I think it's true for a lot of a lot of professional dancers that there's like that magic that happens, but. That it transforms somehow. So, I it makes sense to me that some of those moments that really stood out to you as a student, as a trainee, are those moments when you got on stage and performed at Showcase and toured and all of that. So, you joined the company. Uh, you skipped the apprentice year right into the core in 2018. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that transition was like? That summer that you joined was a very kind of weird time when we were all preparing for Unbound and there were 12 new ballets being created and kind of nothing was normal right then for the company. But what was that like for you kind of stepping in as a brand new core member? Um, it was 
hard to start with Unbound as a new member of the company, I think, because we started with created all these ballets and obviously we are not going to the principal part or something like that because they were only using few people for each ballet. So it was just, especially I was doing a lot in training years and then it goes from that to kind of nothing was hard because we were just in the back learning stuff and not really dancing for three or four months. But I got used to it and I tried to do my own thing in the back, <laughs> trying to just do it in the back. And yeah, that kind of worked out, but it was, it was a real thing. <laughs> yeah, it must be hard. I imagine that as someone who loves to perform, our schedule can be hard regardless, right? Where we're doing all this rehearsal over the summer and then you don't start performing till Nutcracker. But it must have been especially hard that year where it was just all of this kind of creation all summer. For four months or five months, yeah. We didn't even have tours, so we're just in the studio for five months. And it was so intensive too, you know, it was like you were just with one choreographer all day long every day for, yeah, like four months. But we did a few other things. We'll come back to Unbound. We did a few other things that year that you did get some kind of early opportunities to show everyone what you could do. So um, I remember Nutcrack, well, both the Dewdrop or the sort of the Sugar Plum Fairy, and you did the Grand Pas de Deux that first year, right? I could have sworn I saw you do must have been the next year. <laughs> so you did Sugar Plum that first year, uh, and then Bluebird in Sleeping Beauty, and a variety of fa fairy or two, I assume, as well. Um, what were those kind of sort of super classical, those sort of first opportunities like? How did you find out that you were doing uh, Sugar Plum, for example? After the Thanksgiving break. So it was uh, a last minute. Mm -hmm. and I was very nervous and very surprised that I was in rehearsal for every single like flowers rehearsal. So I kind of already knew how it's how it's going and stuff so it was hard I was very excited and I I was very happy to do it <laughs> and I think I had a great time on stage yeah everyone was very supportive yeah it was a great experience that's, that's to do fun. and yeah you just said and I am sort of I feel like you were promoted to soloist so quickly that I sort of forgot that like that first year, of course, you were also doing all of the corps de ballet, right? You're out there doing flower and snow for kind of every single show. And then what was that like? I only did it for one year, really, but transitioning back and forth between corps de ballet parts and then suddenly a soloist part. Is it hard? It was, <laughs> but also as a core, like you kind of know the whole ballet, so that kind of helped, I think, because you already know what's going on and 
you just see it every day in the rehearsal. So yeah. that, it wasn't like completely new for me to learn all these roles. And it was great that I got to do classical ballet because that's what I'm good at. So that was it. That, that was good. <laughs> felt comfortable in that pretty quickly. Yeah. So you also, okay, so you, you feel like you are particularly good at classical ballet, but you also do a lot of other, other kinds of dance these days. Uh, one of those early opportunities was you did get to do the Waltz Girl and Serenade, which is classical, but it's balancing. It's a little different, um, which you'd also done in your showcase performance the year before. So what was that like? Was it one show or two shows? What was that opportunity like to go out there and do that on that big opera house stage? I think it was one show and I I remember I didn't get to do a lot of rehearsal, but I've already done it so I was comfortable and I thought it was fine, but before I went on stage I was so nervous. <laughs> it was so different to do it on in opera house than like showcase, student yeah. showcase. Yeah. I was very nervous but I did it. <laughs> It was great. But the live orchestra, too. That's really different, I would think, as well, for that one. I mean, the music is so gorgeous, but... I also got to do girls in Serena, so that was fun. Yeah, that is a fun part. So end of the season kind of rolls around. We finally get to Unbound that year, and... It was a crazy three weeks for everyone. And kind of right there at the end, you got thrown in more or less to Dwight Roden's Let's Begin at the End. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like how did you see that coming? How much rehearsal did you get? I think that was a big moment for our audience to sort of see you in a principal role and be like, who was that girl? I, I was sitting next to someone for that show actually. And she looked at me and goes, your core member like you haven't probably heard of her before but what was that like from your perspective <laughs> I could kind of feel it that like everyone was like who is that girl <laughs> yeah so I luckily I got to do some rehearsal back in the rehearsal in mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, I was in the creation part, so I watched how it created, created, and uh, yeah, I rehearsed a few times back in that time, and we got the unbound programs, and I, I would say I kind of, I kind of see, saw the coming because Frances was injured and she was in pain, and she's going through a lot of pieces <laughs> so I kind of tried to be prepared but it was also like the last week of the season and nothing happened like in two weeks before that so I was I was relaxed I was like I'm done for this season <laughs> like that and I watched the dresser so I think 
and how you came up to me and he say, you know that you're gonna be doing the second show, which is like two days after, two days later. And I was like, no, I've never heard of that. And he said, you have to do it because Francis is injured. So we we got rehearsal the next day, and I kind of stuff with everyone and with Angelo, my partner. And the next day, I had to perform. Nerves of steel. Were you real? Were you nervous, or were you? Was there just so much adrenaline that I was scared and nervous? <laughs> I remember I was crying. <laughs> I was so scared. <laughs> like I still have those nightmares, right? Those like anxiety dreams where you. I don't know if you have these, but right, like basically Helgi comes up to you and is like, you have to go on stage and like do this thing. And you're like, I don't have any idea what that, I don't know the part. I don't know the choreography. Like it's literally a nightmare, but you did it. You made it through. A lot of stage scenery there. Like Mm -hmm. we had to go through the doors and like which door I have to go through, like when I have to go through the door. It was, yeah, it was crazy, but. Everyone helped me so much. And And it was a beautiful performance. You made it through with flying colors. Um, So pretty quickly after that, end of that book, I mean, the next week, essentially, right, you were promoted to soloist. Can you tell us how that happened? How did Helgi let you know? I remember it was the last day of the season. And also Masha was leaving that year so it was like her last class so we were celebrating that and after class Helgi came on stage so of course we thought that he he would say something about Masha something like that and he said he said that and then after that he promoted me with other two dancers so your first soloist season, that was 2019, was also really eventful. You didn't get to just like do a couple like bluebirds and you know some soloist roles and like take a year off. You had some pretty like high stakes stuff come right at you. So, of course, I think the two big ones that our audience members will remember were your debuts as Kitri in Don Quixote and as Aurora in um, The Sleeping Beauty. So kind of the same question. Can you tell us a little bit about your preparation for both of those parts? Um, I was unexpected. <laughs> I didn't rehearse it in July to November um, this time because I wasn't casted originally, but uh, some principals got injured, so I kinda, they kind of threw me in. Especially Donkey, I only had three weeks or so, so I was just learning steps <laughs> and just like, yeah, cleaning things up. <laughs> I was very busy. Petri before as a guest artist, right? So you sort of had some of it in your body, at least. Yeah, I've done all the main variations and the Padre doing next 
three. So steps were in my body kind of, but all these details, acting and transition and some part of this all was not there. So <laughs> kind of first week I tried to learn step in the first week and the second week to the third week, we focusing on acting a lot. Mm-hmm. And for Don Q, that was a new partnership for you, right? You hadn't really danced with Joseph Walsh before that. How does that make it even more kind of nerve wracking to go in with a new partner than otherwise? kind of new member in the company I was scared to partner principal dancer <laughs> to be honest but now, now the new boys are going to come in and they're going to be like we're so scared of partnering Wona she's a principal dancer yeah, he, he was so nice and also Francis helped me they both helped me a lot and he talked to me a lot about how we gonna do it and he kind of planned all for me so yeah it was so nice he was such a great partner <laughs> i really yeah, he's a nice about anything about partnering yeah <laughs> and then for aurora it's a really different part i mean those are they're both big story ballet, you know, ballerina roles, but they're so different in terms of both the acting and the, the dancing, right? I mean, Keetri's so explosive and tricks and all the kind of big stuff. And Aurora is so kind of, it's footwork and it's delicate, right? It's like a different kind of dancing. Did you find one or the other kind of harder, less, you know, more challenging, less challenging, which way do you kind of lean? I thought that I would be more comfortable with donkey, but I was so much more comfortable with Sleeping Beauty. I had more time, but Sleeping Beauty was just like pure classical techniques. And princess, you just need to be elegant and princess <laughs> donkey was definitely more challenge challenging as there are some more harder steps harder partnering and more acting yeah yeah aurora is kind of just a princess the whole time right she just has to be like beautiful and happy <laughs> yeah <laughs> that said i mean like that rosa daggio is notoriously really really hard how did you approach and it's so it's like right there at the beginning right you like enter you do a variation and you like go into that rosadagio how do you how did you mentally prepare for that did you find it challenging yes because in the studio i was it was not a problem doing it in the studio (laughs) i was not nervous there was no pressure i was i was pretty much comfortable with everything and it's in the beginning so you're not tired you're kind of fresh so it was not so much hard on stage i i 
freaked out. <laughs> I was so nervous. It's like the first thing you do on stage and it's like all balanced. Mm-hmm. I think it got better the more I did. Yeah, it's got a, it's kind of, I, I think of that one, it's, it's sort of like etudes in a way, right? There's no hiding. Like someone, like everyone in the audience knows if it doesn't go right. Whereas I feel like with Don Q, it's kind of like, yeah, they're big steps and they're hard. And like, if you like miss a fuete, like people will sort of know, but you can like fake your way out of it in some ways. Whereas like the Rosa Daggio, like you're, you're on your leg or you're not. <laughs> I, I do balance and I go a little bit back and people see that. They're like, <laughs> I'm like I know. <laughs> not making it better stop yeah yeah you can like hear it and when you're in the I mean I when I watch I hold my breath like the whole time like until Aurora is like through those balances I'm like completely freaked out so yeah you know all right so this year we come into the season we have this weird short season that you know we all were so sad to see end the way it did but what were some of the highlights for you that you did get to dance yeah beautiful ballet even though we had to stop so i got to dance grandpa classic in opening night gala it was awesome i was very happy to be just to be on stage with all these amazing dancers. I was very inspired and honored. And it, was, it was definitely hard and there was some pressure, but we did Grandpa Classic in Sambali tour earlier in this season and I was hoping that I could dance it again. So I was very happy to dance it in gala. Had you, had you danced that before? Sunbat, like, had you done that in competitions or anything, or was it sort of new to you? I've never done the variation. I've never done it. It was the first time. Yeah. In, um, in program two and three, I did bespoke, infinite ocean, sensor finale, and etudes and four. And I, I love dancing sandpaper ballet and Infinite Ocean. Um, I, I haven't really done sort of dramatic ballet mm-hmm. so much. Infinite Ocean was one of that kind of ballet. Yeah. So I enjoyed dancing it so much. It was it was a good experience for me. Yeah, and you did um, Yuan Yuan Tan's part in that, right? Uh, is it as scary as it looks to jump off of that ramp at the end? Or do you feel faith that someone's going to catch you and you're going to be okay? Okay, and then the first time I did it, I screamed. <laughs> 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 yeah, and, but after that one time, I, I, I was, it was so much fun doing it. <laughs> I always think like it would be kind of fun, I have to say. Um, and then you got to do the butterfly, right, for opening night of Midsummer. 
also closing night, unfortunately. Um, did you know when you went out on stage that that was going to be? Yeah, it? everyone heard that. Heard that news like right before the show. Mm -hmm. We were not sure, but it was almost sure. So we were also like, it would be our first show and last show. <laughs> so I think everyone was giving it all, and everyone was trying, everyone just tried to up. Yeah. Yeah, what a weird night it must have been for everyone on stage. But yeah. So, that one show. Well, we're we're planning to bring it back next year so everyone will get a chance to to get another couple of shows under their belts of that one. Um so the season ends. We're all sheltering in place wherever we are in the world. Um, but Helgi did decide to do this round of promotions. So can you tell me about how he told you and what you were up to when he called? I was at home sitting on the couch in my <laughs> PJ. <laughs> And I got a call, like FaceTime call from Elke. <laughs> so I was like, I was bummed out for a few seconds, I think. I, I thought he made a mistake by just calling me through, like he just vacation or whatever. So I was just like staring at the phone for a few seconds and I was like, okay, I have to get this FaceTime. <laughs> so I, I got on the phone with him and he was just asking me how I'm doing and just checking how I'm doing and stuff. And he reminded me. <laughs> so I think that that was going to happen, you know, via FaceTime and in your pajamas? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that was a mistake. <laughs> You're um, not the first person to say that when I've asked this question. <laughs> FaceTiming me, and I really, you know, that had never happened before. Um, had you already made plans to come home to Korea before? Because it was right around the same time that you left, right? Had you already made plans to come home before he called? When he called? Yes, but I've already had a flight ticket to mm -hmm. home. So, I, when that happened, when we stopped working, I changed my flight tickets a little bit sooner. Nice. Were your parents really excited for you? Yeah. <laughs> because that's always a day before I leave. Everything so. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, uh, you know, coming home little gift for your parents and all that. Um, do they get to see you dance much? Have they gotten to come to the States and see you perform? Over the last few years? Yeah, my second year they came to watch Nutcracker. Yeah. And if we knew that I would do Donkey and Sleeping Beauty, they would come to watch that, but we didn't know that. So my last question, and we'll wrap this up. Um, when... <laughs> when you're not quarantined and when you're not in the studio, 
what do you like to do? What are some of the things you like to do outside of ballet? I like to go out meet my friends <laughs> that I haven't seen for a long, long time. And I like to go I like to go like painting a lot in at home or outside. And are those your paintings behind you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of painting. I don't really have things to do. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Wona. Really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk with me. I know um, our audience members are so excited to hear about our newest principal dancer and learn a little more about you. And congratulations again. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.